Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to a brand new episode of ABC, The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Talha Katrada. And today we're going to be talking about animals that came back from the dead. Well, not literally from the dead, but animals that we taught or thought that were extinct, but were in actual fact not extinct. Now, this is very interesting because especially in this day and age, this age where animals are becoming extinct at an incredible rate. And by the way, this is something that was predicted by the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith that closer to Qiyamah, more and more different species of animals will become extinct. So this is that time and more and more animals are becoming extinct. And there's, it's always great news when we see that an animal that was taught to be extinct is suddenly found somewhere in the wild and uh, is no longer extinct. Now, there's a couple of really extreme examples that we're going to talk about that really had scientists baffled because there were scenarios where people found fossils and made all sorts of all sorts of um, conclusions about what those fossils were and what type of creatures those were, had they been alive today, and a whole lot of you know other conjecture. But the thing is, when they finally found those creatures they realized that it was it was nothing like what they had assumed which raises a lot of questions about animals that are definitely extinct like dinosaurs i mean just by a couple of bones we make all sorts of of uh, inferences about what that animal would have been like all sorts of conclusions and and predictions but who knows who's right about that who knows whether we have even a vaguely correct understanding of what those creatures were. It's possible that they were nothing like what we see or what we've been told. It could just be that dinosaurs were completely covered in fur. Who knows? They could have been reptilian or they could have been some other type of creature. So, Tala, we're talking today about this uh, class of creatures that were thought to be extinct. Tell us more about them. Okay, so these creatures or, that we're going to be discussing today are called Lazarus taxon or taxon. Now, as you mentioned, sometimes uh, what will happen is a creature, a fossil of it is found and it is thought to have gone extinct a long time ago, but then it is found that it lived a lot past that time and existed long after it was thought to be extinct. Like, for example, uh, a creature was thought to have gone extinct a 100 million years ago, but then a fossil of it was found that was only 50 million years old. So it survived 50 million years after it had gone, after it was first proposed to have gone extinct. So that's one class of these creatures, of Lazarus taxon. And the second type is creatures that were thought to have gone extinct either by fossils or either by, you know, someone seen them a long time ago and then they were never seen again. So naturally, they were assumed to have gone extinct only for them to reappear sometime later alive and, and well. And then these creatures are also then classified as Lazarus taxon because they were thought to be dead and they're still alive. They pop up somewhere uh, in some remote area. And yeah, so that that's Lazarus taxa or taxon for for singular. Uh, and 
going into these creatures, I think probably the one that most people already thought of and the most iconic of the Lazarus taxon is the coelacanth, this incredible species of fish. And this is a particularly interesting case uh, because this class of fish was thought to have gone extinct 66 million years ago. Wow, that's around about the time of the dinosaurs, wasn't it? Correct. That that was around the same time that the T-Rex disappeared. So this class of fish was swimming around then and it thought it was thought for so long that that's when it uh it went extinct as well. But in 1938 a living coelacanth was discovered off the coast of South Africa. Uh I think it was about 30 kilometers down the coast from East London. Wow, right here in South Africa. Right here in South Africa. And that's and uh, that's very interesting. I mean, let's think about it, right? So this creature was in existence from the time of the dinosaurs and there's been fossils found. So it's it's quite a quite an old species that hasn't changed for over 66 million years. That's incredible. And I think I think that the coelacanth was it it, it it delivered a severe blow to the evolutionary theory that creatures evolve over time. Because here's a creature that hasn't evolved and it it has remained the same for 66 million years, which in a very big way disproves that evolution is actually taking place among uh, creatures. So now uh, tell me, are the coelacanths still alive? Are they still, have they gone extinct? Uh, no, they are still alive, although they are... Um quite rare they're quite rare species of fish and you know the, an interesting piece of information is that the coelacanth the living coelacanth was discovered a hundred years after the first fossil was found which i think was just strange like almost exactly a hundred years after the fossil was found suddenly we find a living one and contrary to popular belief there isn't just one coelacanth species there's actually 80 different species of coelacanth most of them are extinct. There's just two of them that are alive today. Um, and, I mean, the coelacanth is by no means a small fish, okay? It's it's quite a large-sized fish, capable of growing, you know, possibly over two meters long and weighing over 90 kgs. That's a huge, that's a huge fish. Now, the, it is, and the question arises then, why wasn't it found sooner? Like, how come, if it's such a big fish, how come we didn't, we didn't find it sooner? Well, I mean, there's three reasons for that, I think. Firstly, they are a rare species of fish. In today's time, although they are alive, they are listed as being critically endangered. Um, secondly, they are slow-moving fish. They're not like an active hunter, like a shark, that's going to be seen regularly chasing down a large-bodied prey. Uh, they are very slow-moving fish. And thirdly, they live quite deep in the ocean they have a deep sea fish and i mean even till today we are not fully capable of exploring uh, some of the greatest depths uh, with ease and we have very little information about what lives down there so who knows there could be so much more lurking down there that we just haven't found yet yeah i mean it's true i think we mentioned this in one episode that we've only uh, explored a tiny tiny percent of our oceans and those depths, my gut feel is that the depths of the ocean are definitely hiding things that are really, really amazing. Like the coelacanth, but maybe even more amazing things than, than that. 
True. And, you know, hopefully as technology advances, we'll be able to get a lot more information about the deep sea and we'll see what else is hiding down there. Yeah, that'll be great stuff. Okay. Okay, so moving on from the coelacanth, we have another creature that was thought to be extinct, but then found perfectly alive and well. And I actually really like this this example or this creature because of the, the story behind its discovery. So this is a species of bush dog. And in 1842, a paleontologist by the name of Peter Wilhelm Lund uh, discovered and described these fossils uh, in a cave, these fossils of a, a bush dog species. And because he hadn't seen any living uh, species that match these bones, he declared it as extinct because, I mean, you find in fossils of them, so obviously... Uh, they were alive a long time ago, and like many creatures that were alive a long time ago, they disappeared. So it was, I mean, a reasonable conclusion to make that this species was extinct. But the following year, in 1843, he he discovered and described another species of bush dog, not realizing at the time that this living species that he's describing is the exact same species as the bones he described a year prior to this and he died believing that and it was only until the 20th century long after his death that these fossils were re-examined and then the conclusion was drawn that these were the exact same species they were not two distinct species at all and you know it's kind of a funny story about how that happened but it's also kind of sad that uh, uh, Peter Wilhelm Land never got to learn the truth about his discovery and, you know, I don't know, I just, maybe that's just me. I find it a bit of a, of a tragic story. Okay, so moving on from animals. And, you know, just like animals, I think it's not something many people realize is that plants also go extinct. Just like animals, again, sometimes they are rediscovered to be alive and well. Uh, or, you know, but obviously their their range and their you know, how many of them uh, greatly reduce their number. One of these trees is the nightcap oak. Now, the nightcap oak is, it's quite a large tree. It it grows up to 40 meters tall. And it was discovered um, from fossils that were around 20 million years old. So it was thought to have gone extinct at around that time, but it was rediscovered and recognized in, in 2000. Again, that it was it was perfectly alive and well, which is truly amazing. And I think it's just a strange realization that some people have that, you know, plants can also go extinct. It's not something you really think about because, you know, a tree is a tree to most people. But uh, they are quite interesting as well. And yeah, they also can go extinct. And just like the nightcap oak, there was the Wallemi pine. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not. But the Wallamy Pine was, was also known from fossils that were 2 to 90 million years old. So this is a very old species uh, of tree. And again, it was thought to have gone extinct some million years ago or so. But just like the nightcap oak, it was rediscovered and recognized to be alive. Uh, this happened in 1994. And this is also quite a big tree. It grows also to about 40 meters tall. And an interesting thing about this tree is that it's extremely long-lived. 
like the uh, the specimens that are alive today, some of the oldest ones, could be up to a thousand years old. Right. That is very old. A thousand years old. I mean, just imagine what the world was like back then. You know, back then there was still like, I think, uh, remnants of the Roman Empire hanging around and all these other uh, Middle Eastern, European and African empires. That that was the world back then. You know, there was no electricity or cars or anything. So, I mean, imagine the changes these, these trees lived through. Yeah, and this was just like 400 years after the Hijra. Based on the Hijri calendar, uh, that's a very, very old. So... I mean, just looking at one of these trees, I'd like to touch it and try to imagine what kind of, what kind of life it's been through. Such a majestic old creature. But because this tree is, is so rare, it's actually protected. And the areas where this tree was found is actually protected areas. And most of those areas are not disclosed to the public. So not many people actually know where those trees are. And there's no telling what people might do. You know, you get someone who comes and scratches his name onto the bark or something like that. And that would just be a shame to damage such an old and such a rare species of tree that's been around for, you know, millions and millions of years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great that these uh, these creatures are still around. Now, tell me, the, the, the nightcap oak and the wallamy pine... The fact that they are such old species, was it found that they have anything different to current tree species, anything unique about them other than, you know, the, the, the old age that they can uh, live up to? Or are they just like normal trees? Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I mean, I think for the most part, they are normal trees just like ones alive today, just like similar trees uh, in their groupings or, or families. Uh, this is all very interesting. I mean, it's it's also possible that there are so many creatures in the Amazon jungle that uh, we haven't yet discovered. And as time goes, people are discovering them. And, you know, it's what's weird is with all the modern technology that we have, there's still so much on this planet to yet to be discovered, including not just species, but places, human relics, ancient cities that have been covered over by uh, by forests. And, you know, that's one of the, the reasons I just love reading about science and technology, because working together, science and technology are finding such amazing things. I mean, up until recently, we didn't realize that there, there were massive oceans under the ice the antarctic ice sheets and when scientists drilled uh, deep boreholes into those uh, the, the depths of the the ice sheets they actually actually extracted water from there from the oceans and not only that well not just ocean but lakes clean uh, clean sweet water lakes and they found certain types of bacteria living in there which is phenomenal i mean these creatures have been down there for literally millions of years, tens of millions of years, because that's how old the ice is. That's how old the glaciers and the ice uh, sheets are. But they've been living there and they made made it their home and they've been surviving in total darkness and freezing cold temperatures. That kind of sounds like the beginning of some science fiction movie where they release this bacteria and then it ends up being like 
you know, extremely deadly to humans and other animals and it just starts spreading around the planet and wreaking havoc. Well, let's hope, let's hope that doesn't happen because we know so little about these. There's a likelihood, it is possible that they could un- unleash some kind of uh, deadly strain of bacteria that uh, affects uh, humans, possibly animals. But it hasn't come to that, so that was, that was good. But they could be bigger creatures, there could be bigger creatures, you know, more significant than, than bacteria that are living in some of these places. And uh, it'll be interesting to know as time goes how, uh, how many more new species scientific, scientists discover and how many previously extinct, thought to be extinct species they will find. Now, there's something interesting I was reading about uh, that I, I, I was wondering if you know anything about it. There's an attempt currently to bring some of the extinct species back to life. Is there any truth to that? There is actually. Uh, it's actually a team of Russian scientists working, I think, with Korean and Japanese uh, scientists as well. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to create some sort of Jurassic Park-styled area in, in Siberia where they are trying to, using DNA of Ice Age creatures like the woolly mammoth and uh, cave lions and woolly rhinoceroses, and they're trying to clone them, bring them back to life, and let them roam in that area. Sort of like an actual real-life Jurassic Park. Cool. I mean, theoretically, it is possible. I mean, that was the principle on which Michael Crichton founded the whole Jurassic Park uh, story that they found DNA of dinosaurs and then they used lizards and other living reptiles because those are the closest living creatures to dinosaurs to basically uh, bring those those genes back to life. So if they do find, and these creatures, I mean, what makes it even more likely is that unlike the dinosaurs, these creatures, um, we do have DNA samples of them because in the case of mammals, for example, they've been fresh carcasses found in the deep ice and there's there's DNA in there. But dinosaurs, we haven't found any DNA because once they become fossilized and all the DNA that was in the body of the animal and in its bones is completely destroyed. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, by when are they planning to um, launch this project or bring these creatures back? I, I think I read somewhere that by 2030, they, they planning to have a living creature, maybe a mammoth. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that's a little bit of an ambitious prediction or maybe it, it, it could actually happen. But I think that's a topic into genetic engineering. And I think that's a, that's actually a topic we should cover in, in the future. We should dedicate a whole episode to this. Absolutely, because there's already questions in my mind like what about human cloning? If they can clone these creatures, obviously they can clone humans. So we're going to have clones all over the place. Wow, that sounds scary. And there's so many ethical issues. But let's cover that in a future episode. Definitely. Uh, so we'll definitely catch you all in the next episode. This has been The Amazing Beauty of Creation. I'm Talha Katrada. And I'm Bilal Katrada. And we'll catch you in the next episode.